friends, welcome to the Self-Care Sisterhood Podcast, where we're all about taking action and making progress towards what matters most. My name's Brittany, and I'm a coach, community builder, and your self-care BFF. My heart is to empower and equip hardworking, purpose-driven women just like you to take care of yourself so that you can go out into your world and love and serve from that overflow. Each week, we'll tackle topics that help you show up as your best self, navigate sticking points, and get real and raw about what it takes to be on journey. I'm the founder of the Self-Care Sisterhood community, and I believe we weren't meant to do life or our journeys alone. I wanna help you live your best life. So welcome, let's dive in. Hey, hey, Sisterhood. Welcome back to the podcast. So, okay, we're one week away from the launch of Fall in the Sisterhood membership, and all month long in this podcast space, in honor of the theme this season, I'm focusing on helping guide you through things like overwhelm, stress, burnout, chronic busyness, all the things. Quick side note before I dive into today's topic, which is going to be so good in theme, we're talking all about self-care as it goes with burnout. We only open the Sisterhood membership four times a year, and September 1st through 10th is one of those times. So if you want to be first in the know when enrollment opens on September 1st, be sure to tap the link that I've got down in the show notes below and get on the wait list because this season we are going beyond burnout. We're going to recover from chronic stress, recharge our spirits, and reclaim control in our lives truly for what matters most. The window, like I said, is only a few days and it only happens four times a year. So I want to make sure I mention this first thing in the episode, because if these topics all month long are resonating with you, I promise that you're going to love this season in the Sisterhood membership. So make sure you tap the link below for all the deets and let's dive into today's topic. We're talking all about self-care for burnout today. I want us to understand the need for self-care when it comes to all things stress, overwhelm, and burnout. My friends, it goes beyond the bubble baths. We've been chatting all month long in this space about the stress cycle, how to release stress when it inevitably comes up, creating calm in your home environment, and how to break up with busy so that you can live a life you're in control of. But today, I really want to give some tangible ways you can utilize regular self-care when you're in these chronic seasons of stress and burnout. So let's first talk about burnout. Let's talk about what it actually is. You know that feeling when you're like completely drained, when you're physically and emotionally and mentally exhausted? That's burnout. And there's three different types of burnout that you can experience. And I'm going to dig into these like way in depth in the Sisterhood membership this fall. So second shameless plug, you should totally join us. But the three types of burnout are overload. This is most common. This is the type of burnout when all the plates come crashing down. You are fully overloaded. Your brain is on overdrive. The second type is neglect. Neglect is when you feel like you haven't been given the right tools or resources to be able to complete a task. And then the third type of burnout is under challenge. This is pretty much just boredom burnout when you are in a job that you kind of outgrown, right? Or in a space or place that you've outgrown. So overload, neglect, under challenge, burnout. And some symptoms that you would be experiencing is emotional exhaustion, feeling like you're drained and depleted, no motivation, no energy, feeling a little helpless or hopeless, maybe even pessimistic, difficulty even concentrating, depersonalization, developing like a negative or a cynical attitude towards your work or other aspects of life, maybe feeling detached or disconnected, losing that empathy, losing compassion, 
Reduced personal accomplishment can even happen during burnout where you feel unproductive, even though you're working long hours. Maybe you've lost some confidence in what you're doing and maybe a sense of success or achievement or fulfillment. Maybe you don't feel appreciated or valued in your space. And then this lack of satisfaction because of the lack of personal accomplishments just kind of keeps you in this loop. And then physical symptoms are symptoms of burnout, including insomnia, difficulty sleeping, maybe that chronic fatigue where you just seriously are tired all day, every day and lack energy, lack motivation. Headaches can even be a symptom of burnout. Changes in appetite, weight, and even getting sick. We've talked about that a lot on this podcast space is is getting ill, right? And that's all burnout. It's like your body's way of waving a red flag and saying, hey girl, can you just like slow down for a second? Can you take care of yourself because you're about to burst? And I don't know about you, but in my life, when I typically hear that red flag being waved from my body, I hate to admit this, but I don't often listen. And I'm working on that. I'm working on that in this season. In my life, that red flag looks like constant fatigue. It looks like a lack of motivation for me and even headaches that simply just won't go away. And the headaches especially are big red flags for me. And especially now, I'm starting to really realize in seasons when I was really burnt out, I would have headaches all the time. And so now when the headaches are fewer and further between, when I feel one pop up, I'm like, "Uh uh-oh, like what's going on, right? And it's a good check-in for myself. But burnout, it could look different for you. So many times in my life, I just power through those symptoms and maybe you can relate to that too, but that's not serving us. And being aware of your body's signals can help you take proactive steps towards preventing burnout. Here's the deal. Self-care isn't some fancy term reserved for spa days, bubble baths, like a reward or a luxury. What I love to teach is that it goes beyond the bubble baths. It's a fundamental necessity, ladies, and I know our community is made up of hardworking, purpose-driven women. Maybe you're the goal-driven woman, or the woman who wants to be an awesome example, or the woman who's trying to level up in life, or even the woman wearing all the hats, I know that's you. It's you because it's also me. And so I know that as women, we're wired this way. We tend to put ourselves on the back burner and then this is where burnout thrives in my life and in yours. So it's time we try a different way. I love to tell the women I work with that it can be both. You can be that hardworking woman and you can take care of yourself. You can be that purpose-driven woman and put yourself on your to-do list. It can be both. Burnout doesn't have to be our norm, deal? So I'm gonna break down three areas of self-care where burnout lingers when we don't have tools in our toolbox to combat it. I wanna walk through what it looks like physically, emotionally, mentally to build resilience against burnout, whether you're at the brink of it, in the thick of it, or simply don't even want to arrive at it. Okay, the first area that we're gonna dive into is looking at your physical self-care. So caring for your physical health. It all starts with your body. And so there's three things I want you to focus on every day. Very simple things, okay? Number one is eat like you love yourself. This isn't about diets. It's about giving your body the fuel it needs to keep going. So asking what foods make you feel your best? When do you have the most energy? Like what did you eat when you felt energetic? What do you eat when you feel lethargic? When you feel the most confident and strong in your body, how are you nourishing your body? That's how I want you to eat. Number two, move your body. Move your freaking body. Regular exercise does wonders, y'all. Releasing those feel-good endorphins and kicking stress to the curb. We talked about this when I walked you through seven ways to release stress, and it stands to point out again. Moving your body in ways that feel good for you helps close the stress cycle loop. And the third part of your physical health is go to sleep. 
Seriously, do not skip this step. I recently got an aura ring and this is not an ad for that, but I've been tracking my sleep and it's so eye-opening y'all. A good night's sleep is like hitting the reset button for your mind and your body. So much goodness happens when our body is asleep. So if you've been feeling uber stressed, getting into a routine that prioritizes sleep is essential for you, okay? And so I know those three things with your body, you're like, okay, what else? But if you can fuel your body so that you feel your best, if you can move your body in ways that feel good for you, and if you can get freaking sleep, I promise you a lot of the stress, a lot of that burnout is going to start to melt away or you'll be able to have clearer mind, a clearer mindset around it to be able to handle it better, right? Because self-care is not going to cure your burnout. It's not. But when we can take care of ourselves in this community, it's so that we can go out and love, serve from the overflow. And sometimes it's so that we can heal. Sometimes we have to take care of ourselves so we can heal. The second area is developing emotional resilience. Let's talk about emotions, y'all. Emotions are a big part of the burnout battle. I find when I'm super stressed and in seasons of battling burnout, my emotions are all over the place. And so here are some game changers that have worked for me in past seasons. Again, these are not cures, but these are simply places where then you are going to be able to come out on the other side fresher and more able to heal and take care of whatever it is you need to take care of. So number one, meditate. Practicing mindfulness and meditation can help you manage stress, reduce anxiety, foster emotional resilience. It has been a game changer for me this year. I love putting on an app. I've, I've shared with you guys before that the Peloton app is like incredible for meditation. And I enjoy having someone guide me for 10 minutes at a time and it helps produce more calm in my life. Number two is I get lost in fun. Engaging in creative, fun activities you enjoy like painting, writing, playing music, singing, they can all provide emotional outlets and serve as kind of a form of self-expression. Maybe dancing is, is the thing that's fun for you. You kind of have to ask yourself, what was fun for you when you were little? I've been asking that a lot. And when I was little, I, I loved rearranging my bedroom. That was one of my favorite things was like rearranging my bedroom and getting it all set up and, and making it look like a brand new space. And now as an adult, I still love designing. I still love creating beautiful spaces. And so escaping in DIY projects or getting creative with designing our new space is really fun for me. I can get lost in that, but I can also get lost in grabbing a fiction book at the end of the day to help my mind wind down. And that was something as a child that I really loved doing. You could find me as a kid curled up somewhere with a fiction book. I loved reading. And I still love reading, but in my adult life, a lot of times I gravitate more towards like growth books or a book that is going to teach me something, or I can focus on an area where I'm trying to grow and develop and I forget about the fun part of reading, right? And so grabbing that fiction book has been everything for me. And so again, asking yourself, what was fun for you as a kid? The other day I was asking myself that question and I thought about my skip it. I don't know if you had a skip it growing up, but I had a skip it. And I remember saving my money for it and I got the one that was bright yellow and I I can't even tell you like how much joy it brought me to get home from Toys R Us and just start freaking skipping it in my driveway. Like kids these days have no idea what I'm even talking about. But again, what what was fun for you as a child? And when's the last time you actually had fun with no agenda? like zero agenda attached to it. It wasn't because you had to post about it. It wasn't because you had to monetize it. It wasn't because you were kind of forced to do it because you were like doing it with your kids. Like when was the last time you had fun with zero agenda? 
And so I challenge you, get back to that space ASAP. We're getting ready to transition to the fall season. So what was fun for you? Think of like seasonal stuff too. What was fun for you during the back to school time? Was it fun for you to celebrate Halloween and get all dressed up? Well, maybe you want to plan something this year. Was it fun for you to go apple picking or go to a pumpkin patch? How can you get into that space, right? Create fun in your life and get lost in it. And the last part of this emotional resilience is spending time with people you love. This one is huge. Spending time with loved ones, friends, support networks, it can offer that emotional support and sense of belonging that sometimes we are missing when we're in those seasons of chronic stress, chronic burnout. In our busiest seasons, when burnout can begin to seep in, many times we neglect relationships and they end up on the back burner. So use this as your sign to plan that girl's night, plan a date night, or even a Zoom game night with family. We love doing this. My family lives all over the United States, and so we we love to get on Zoom together and we'll play, I'm gonna totally geek out here, but we love to play Catan or Catan, I don't know how you say it, but anyway, we love the game and we play it and we figured out how to do it on Zoom and, and it works for us, but it's a time to connect with my family in between the visits when we can actually be together in person, right? And we learned that during COVID and I'm sure there's other things that you learned probably during that time, right? Of how do you like really celebrate and spend time with the people that matter most to you? How can you honor them in your life? And the more that you spend time doing that, the more time you get lost in fun and the more time you can kind of go inward and maybe meditate or just take some time to breathe a little bit day in, day out, I promise you, you're going to be battling that those emotions that are all over the place and developing, strengthening that emotional resilience along the way. Okay, and last one is all about your mindset, strengthening your mindset muscles. One of the things I often remind the women that I'm working with is that the heaviest weight you will ever carry is the weight between your ears. When we go on a fitness journey, it's never about the fitness. It's never about the physical pounds. It really isn't. It's something deeper. It's always deeper than that. And more often than not, there is something about your mindset underneath all of it. And our mindset, you guys, it's just like a muscle. It needs reps to strengthen it. And so a few ways I build this muscle every day are 10 minutes or 10 pages. I have a little rule, 10 minutes, 10 pages daily. This is a rule I live by. I listen to 10 minutes of a podcast that's gonna help me grow or stretch, or I read 10 pages of a book that's gonna help me grow as a human. Whatever area you wanna grow in or learn about, I promise you there's a resource out there for you. So get on Amazon and check out what books would be, maybe you're struggling with like a teenage child. You're like, I've never parented a teenage child before, but I'm sure there has been somebody who parented a teenage child that can offer their insight and their wisdom and pass it along to you, whether in form of a podcast or in form of a book. Maybe you're looking for strengthening your leadership muscles because you got a new role in your job and you just, you so desperately want to lead others well. There's a book or a podcast out there for that. Whatever it is you want to grow in, whatever area you feel like, ah, I'm a little stuck and I would love help navigating this with someone who's already been down that path, there's a resource out there for you. So every day, 10 pages, or 10 minutes minimum. Okay, number two is ditching your device. Now, I'm not talking about like throwing it in a lake, <laughs> although sometimes I dream about that, but seriously, our phones are super handy and I get that we can access anything at any time with a click of a button, but just because we can, my friends, doesn't mean we should. Let me say that again. Just because we can do something doesn't mean we should. One habit I noticed that wasn't serving me was grabbing my phone right when I woke up and also scrolling it as the last thing before I fell asleep. So I adopted a strategy that helps me get off my phone by bookending my day device-free. So first thing in the morning, 
Last thing at night, I challenge you to bookend your day with no device. When you wake up, what if you heard your thoughts before you saw the thoughts of others? What if you had your agenda set for the day before you opened up your inbox and saw other people's agendas? I realized that every time I open my phone first, I am reactive. I am on the defense of my day versus the offense of my day. Everything about my phone's reactive. When I open it up to see how many people liked this, I might get a comment and I feel like now I gotta react to it. Or someone's in my inbox asking me a question and now I'm in reaction mode where I need to react to their comment. Or I open up my email and someone you know, canceled their membership or someone isn't happy with something and now I'm reacting. Versus starting my day, hearing my thoughts, going over my vision, understanding where my heart's at, right? And the same is true for you. And what about before you go to bed? What if instead of looking at TikTok and comparing your life to Susie and how perfect her office organization systems are, what if you reflected on your day? What if you compared your day today to your day yesterday or where you're at today compared to where you were five years ago or even shoot this time last year and felt proud of yourself and started to make a game plan for tomorrow of what was your intention instead of sitting there scrolling and comparing, because truth be told, that's what I end up doing, right? When I'm on my device, it starts innocent, but by the time I get off, I am never as refreshed as I am when I do other things that move me in the direction of my desires. I'm never refreshed when I get off social media. So this might be a hard one for you. This might be a challenging one for you, but if you're able to ditch your device, start in small pieces right? When can you put your phone to sleep? When can you go on silent mode? For me, my phone doesn't even live next to my bed. I've gotten to a point where I'm able to actually plug it in in the bathroom and it's away from me at nighttime, right? So where can you start small and how can you kind of like stack on from there to get your phone working for you and not being that thing that you're addicted to? And then the last thing, remembering that no is a sentence. No is a sentence. I know saying no can be challenging and I, I hate that I even have to say that because if this was like the self-care manhood, I don't think they would even be talking about this. Like this is a total woman issue, I think. And I'm not sure at what point no won't be so challenging for women, but I was a chronic yes girl. I said yes to everyone and everything. And at the end of the day, it left me empty and it left me really freaking tired. And so as hard as saying no can be and as, as tough as... Sometimes, you know, we don't want to upset people. We don't want to break relationships. And in my life, my boundaries actually have pushed people away. And I don't think enough people talk about that, that your boundaries, you know, it's like, oh, when we set boundaries, it'll be fine because the people will respect our choices. In my life, a lot of times people are like, okay, I'm out. And that's been hard to deal with. But long-term setting healthy boundaries has helped me from overextending myself. It's allowed me to clear out the clutter. It's allowed me to see who actually wants to be in my circle. It's allowed me space to figure out what's next for me. And I know this is so silly. This might sound so like, really Brit, that's all you've got. But the thing that helps me most remembering that no is a sentence isn't my mind and it's not my mouth. If I was in the middle of something and somebody asked me, hey, can you do this? Like my innate response, it's always gonna be a yes. And so it's not my mind that has to think through something and it's not my mouth that has to say it differently. The thing that helps me most, you guys, is actually my calendar and my planner. Because if I can write out my calendar and my planner in such a way where I'm on my list, where the things that matter most are on my list, it's a lot easier to say 
no, not right now, or thanks for thinking of me, but I just don't have the space in my schedule. Knowing what's on my daily plan helps me be on it as well. And then if life is too jam-packed or there's simply just not space, or quite frankly, you guys, if it's not a hell yes, (laughs) then it's a heck no. At this time in my life, if I am not overly freaking excited about it and I know it's gonna move me to the next level and improve me, then it's, it's a no thank you. So I want you to start looking at that too. What does your calendar look like? What does your planner look like? And are you using that before you use your mind and your mouth when trying to decide whether to say yes or no? That helps me so much. And it's as simple as saying, hold on one second, like I'm so grateful you thought of me, let me check my calendar, right? And then that gives you space, that gives you time to kind of consider if this is gonna be a good yes for you. And then, like I said, if it's not, if it's something that you feel guilty about or obligated to do, or you end up having that like weird pit in your stomach because you're like, I'm saying yes, but I don't really wanna go, friend, you are a G-A-W. <laughs> I talk about this in our membership. You're a grown bleep woman, okay? We're G-A-Ws, we're grown bleep women. You do not have to say yes if you don't want to say yes, okay? Deal, permission granted. Okay, I've got one more for the road. I got a bonus for you because it's not all about the constant hustle. And I know we kind of talked about the physical idea of self-care when you're feeling burnt out and the emotional resilience we can build and that mental stamina and strength, but I'm relearning how to go after my big goals in this season now without the hustle culture mentality that's actually driven me to burnout in the past. Because a lot of times, let's be real, burnout's driven by busy. And so there's two things I've adopted lately and they've been, they've been game changing. They're very simple, but I wanted to make sure I left you with them today. So the first one is mini breaks. As best as you can, how can you incorporate short breaks throughout your day to step away from work, responsibilities, and recharge? It's everything. As a teacher, this looked like getting out of my classroom and walking to the office. Our school was an outdoor school. Like we had, we were inside our classroom, but when you walked out the classroom door, you were outside on the campus. And so it was nice because when I was walking from my classroom to the office, it kind of allowed me to get a little fresh air too. So how can you do that? You know, get out of the AC, get out of the artificial lighting, how can you get a little fresh air? And now that I work from home, this looks like maybe going out on my back patio at lunch, maybe taking a dog walk and breaking up the day. And the second one is taking days off. Okay, hear me out. I know this is gonna be wild. What if you took a day every week to only do things you delight in? A year ago, I read this book called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry and it rocked my world in the best way possible. The author in that book, he talks about taking a weekly Sabbath And when I hear the word Sabbath, it's like, it sounds religious to me and it sounds like really formal, right? But I love the way in this book that he describes it because he doesn't describe it like a religious ritual, but rather a day where you do the things you delight in, a day where you live. So phones off, like yes, completely off, no email, no work, a day of living and connecting with the world around you. And I know it sounds crazy to turn your phone off, but Friends, I dare you. If you've never tried it, it's really freaking freeing. And if that's too much right now, too soon, I get it. What if you simply did a social media free day where you didn't log into any apps, but you stayed present in the moment living your life? Charlie and I in really, really busy seasons, we would pick one day a month where we'd call it a veg out day. And it's very similar. But the veg out day, we weren't allowed to shower. (laughs) We weren't allowed to change out of our pajamas. We weren't allowed to cook or do any chore of any shape or kind. It literally was grab your pillow and the comforter off the bed, transition it over to the couch and like watch whatever shows you wanna watch all day and just veg out. And we loved these, we looked forward to these. And so it wasn't like a weekly thing. We didn't do that every week, but 
once a month we'd say, okay, that's our veg out day. That's our day where we do nothing. And the big part about being on a veg out day was work was gone. Like no email, no work, phones off. It was just a day of being present with one another. And those have been really helpful. I mean, again, it's easy for me to gravitate as a hardworking, purpose-driven woman. It's easy to gravitate into the hustle. And I know for you, it can be too. So it's like we have to fight the good fight. And sometimes self-care, the unsexy part of self-care is sometimes it's discipline. Sometimes it's saying yes to something in the present moment that is hard, but you know in the long run, the future version of you is gonna be so freaking grateful for it. So taking the day off might be really hard and inconvenient at first, but future you is going to be so glad that you did, right? Maybe forcing yourself to go on that walk, moving your body, eating like you love yourself, taking a short 10 minute meditation break. That could be a hard yes in the moment, but those are the long-term things that bring you the most success. Those are the secrets. That's the secret right there. And friends, you're worth the investment it takes to care for you, mind, body, and spirit. Never forget that. You are worth that investment. Investment doesn't have to be financial. It can be the investment of time. In a world that often glorifies that constant hustle, what if you rebelled against that and did life a little different with me? What if we realize that self-care isn't selfish, it's self-preservation? Again, so that you can go out into the world and use your highest self to love and serve others well, not from a tired, burnt out space. That's what I'm all about in this space here together. Prioritizing your well-being through self-care strategies, it not only helps you overcome burnout, but it also empowers you to lead a healthier, more fulfilling life. And by recognizing the signs that we talked about at the beginning of burnout and taking time to nurture that physical, emotional, and mental health, giving yourself breaks and days to just veg out, you're taking those essential, crucial steps towards a more balanced and resilient you. And that version of you, she looks good on you, sis. Self-care is an ongoing process and finding what works best for you, it might take time and it might take tweaking. You know, you could be in a season of serious overwhelm and serious burnout and I, I'm being so sensitive to this because I get it. I get what that's like and I know it's easy to look at a list like this or to listen to a, an episode like this and to say, okay, that's good for you, but like, you don't know my story. But friends, you have to be patient with yourself. Your burnout didn't start in one day, in one moment. It didn't pile up like that. And so the opposite of what we're doing, the combat process, you're putting pebbles in the pile that are moving you closer to that version of you that you want to feel like. So be patient with yourself. Celebrate the progress. Find joy in your journey. Look at the little milestones along the way because all of that matters. You matter. You're worth it. That time, that effort it takes to feel your best, to get out of this place of burnout and to feel like you again, gosh, it's worth it, friends. I'm forever and I'm always rooting for you. So until next week, get out there, take care of you so that you can go out into the world and love and serve from that overflow. I love you, friends. Thanks so much for tuning in to today's episode. If you love today's topic, it would mean the world to me if you shared this on your social to help spread the word. Tag me at Inspire Beauty Brit so I can see what you're loving and learning along the way. All right, friends, till next time, let's go out there, take some action.